With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Wrestle This is AEW Weekly. I'm Dr. Damian Gibson, uh, and joining me to dissect the world of AEW is the man who only deals in kayfabe and nothing else. It's Matthew Kayfabe. I think I'm going to have to go off brand this week because I think, despite this being a very, very good episode of uh, of Dynamite, the weirdly the most exciting thing is happened happened outside of kayfabe. <laughs> There's a few things that have happened this week, so I'm interested to see what you think is the most exciting thing. Well, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I'm really excited to see Paul White in AEW. Well, it's a big show. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Co- Cody, Cody is, this is probably not an original insight, but Cody is currently, as they mention every episode, the star of the Go Big Show. Mm. Uh you know, could could this change that show as well? <laughs> <laughs> well, I heard uh, I heard the boys from uh, was it? I've got to stop shilling for other <laughs> YouTube podcasters. Well, um, Please, uh, well, no, but they're nice boys. I heard the boys from Cultaholic joking about um, Shaq and Big Show will finally will finally get Shaq versus Big Show. Now the ball sign for AEW. It was weird news, right? It was like really out of nowhere. It's not one of those, uh, you know, it's not a Miro situation where, no, you know, people or FTR where people were talking for months or Brody Lee where people were like for six months mm. were like, oh, well, you know, as soon as his contract's over, he'll go to AEW. Um, it just wasn't even. I don't think anyone knew that his contract was over. Yeah. And he has wrestled recently because I was like, oh, um, I was, uh, here were my reactions. I was like, oh, wow, that's big. Like, pardon the mm. pun. <laughs> and then I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but then it's kind of like just another older guy just hanging around. And like, do AEW really want to be, they're going to be careful not to be like the graveyard, like wrestling, like, you know, I mean, I know TNA had this a bit where it was just sort of like the over 50s league and we don't want to. <laughs> We don't want AEW to turn into that. But then I was like, yeah, but then Big Show wrestled at WrestleMania last year. And he, like, you know, I mean, people can make jokes about the Big Show show and stuff like that. But he is Mm. a recognisable face. He's like, I think 
all in all, I think it's a good signing. I think it's a really positive thing for for AEW. I think AEW does a really, really good job. And like we'll talk about how they're using Sting at the moment uh, a bit later, but they are exceptional at using older talent uh, to to get over younger talent, like exceptional at it, um, you know, whether it's as a manager, whether it's as a commentator, whether it's as a tag team partner or an opponent, like they are building new stars off the back of recognisable stars. They're doing the exact opposite of what WWE does where it's like, like, you know, if Paul White comes in and, uh, you know, punches Kenny Omega, uh, becomes world champion, and then, like, they go to Saudi Arabia and he faces, like, fucking Goldberg. I don't know. Um, or faces, I don't know, Raven. Um, <laughs> that seems like, I think, uh, AEW's version of, of Goldberg would probably be someone like Raven. Um, you know, then, then it would be greatly disappointing. But, you know, I think they're going to use him the right way. It won't excite me if he comes out and, you know, He's wearing that, like, half camo little suit he's got. But, like, if he came out wearing the one-strap WCW Andre the Giant giant <laughs> clothes, like, I would I would lose my fucking shit. Like, Is- I wasn't even a... I'm not even a fan of the Giant in WCW. I've never been a fan of the big show. And all of a sudden, I'm like, when I found out he wasn't going to be on this episode, I was disappointed. Yeah. I this is really interesting. It's that... Th- it is. I've, I've pretty much had a similar thing. By the end of this episode, I was like, "Well, hang on, what? Like, where, where's Big Show? Have you, have you ever been like, where's Big Show before? <laughs> like, no. It's like, damn, what this needed was Big Show. No, I mean, it, it's testament to, uh, like, it's it's testament to AW Tony Khan and 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 whoever else mm. booking Dave Malenko, Arn Anderson, all those guys, um. That we were, we wanted to see, you know, that we wanted to see the big show on TV. Because it is that thing of mm. like, well, you know, like you trust them now. You, 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 like, there is a trust in AEW that, you know, and I kind of made a, um, uh, I heard Simon Miller say this during the week of like, everyone needs to be more positive about all wrestling. And I was like, that's that's a very mm. good point, Simon. But fuck, it is so hard when it comes to <laughs> WWE. Because um, he was like, you know, just be positive about the wrestlers. Don't worry about the companies. It's like, yeah, but that's naive, man. A- anyway. Um, but the thing is, like, you if you've been watching WWE, <clears throat> you've been burnt so many times. So it's so nice to have a situation where each week you can say to yourself, well, I'm not going to, like, even if it's not up to their usual standards, I'm still going to get a half-decent wrestling show. And I think that's what the our feeling about the about Paul White is, right? That, like, well, okay, it's a bit left field, it's a huge signing, but still, like, oh, he's a little bit older. Like, there's some doubts there, but ultimately, you're going to be like, well, they've done everything else well, so why would they fuck this up? Like, why would this be... Well, I think the reason why it's interesting in a way is that of their previous sort of WWE <coughs> signings, they sort of do a, a real sort of typical, um, you know, it's someone like Miro or someone like uh, 
Brody Lee or FTR, as you mentioned earlier, and they come on and that, you know, everyone knows they're going to appear and they've been misused by the WWE. And then they come out and cut sort of a very similar promo about like, you know, now I'm like, I'm back and I'm better. John Moxley even did it. Um, you know, like I'm not going to be constrained, blah, blah, blah. None of them, Big Show is a, is, was not misused by the WWE. Big Big Show is a multiple-time world champion uh, on multiple brands. Uh, he's a WCW world champion. He's a tag team champion. Like, he's uh, enormously decorated in, yes, probably the twilight of his career, but he's not been misused at all by WWE. Yeah. Like, he... he the last match I think he had was that WrestleMania match where he popped up and immediately fought for the title. Like, he didn't win, but he's also a 50-year-old man. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, this this guy has not been misused and can't come out and be like, oh, you know, Vince was holding me down, man. <laughs> like, he's been he's been poorly booked sometimes, but the reality is he every time he pops up, he's been played as a big deal yeah. and, you know, Beating big shows mattered in the WWE. It mattered last WrestleMania. Look at the size um, of him. You know, that's all. That's well, exactly. all. Vince would be. You know, I feel like <laughs> I feel like Vince would freak out every time he saw the big show. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, like a goldfish. He'd just forget how big he was, and then see him again and be like, ah. He's so also big. like sending him, <laughs> sending him to the land of the midgets in AEW is great. Yeah. Like there's there's exciting things that he could be involved in, in you know do do I want to see a program with Big Show and Kenny Omega? Not particularly, but there are some like really interesting opportunities for him. Marco Stunt. Like there are there are opponents. Marco Stunt. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> tag team with Big Show. I mean, and Marco Stunt. Well, I mean, you're joking, <laughs> but can you imagine uh, the stare down between Luchasaurus and Big Show? Yeah, like, I can. It would be awesome. I'm not. Unkeen for that. I'm definitely not. I like. I can really like imagine someone like Jungle Boy overcoming the odds there. Mm. You know, Jungle Boy is a transcendent star, and putting him up against you know big fucking giants is a great way to build him up. Like you know, th- there are lots of exciting things they could do with him, and like you know, I imagine most of the time he's going to be commentating on a show that none of us are going to watch. Um, Apparently, they're launching their second TNT show at some point this year. But, you know, we don't know what he is as a commentator. We'll find out. Um, but using him for, you know, four matches a year is a big ticket sort of, you know. Uh, like, you know, ha- him versus Hangman Page is cool. Mm. Like, you know, if he's playing, you know, a completely different kind of it, like, if he comes in and is straight away like, fuck Vince, man, like, I'm here to, like, really express myself. But if he comes in and he's like, I've done everything over there, I did everything in WCW, lol TNA, I'm here now to, to like, you know, be the biggest and the baddest thing and, you know, you got to come through me if you want to get anywhere else. Like, you know, that's great. Yeah, it's cool, man. I think it's a, you know, outside of my few doubts, I think it's a... I think it's a cool booking. It's uh, cool booking. It's a cool signing, um, and it's exciting to see what happens. I was super excited to hear about this second show, and then it just turns out that it's a third show, another YouTube show. But they are launching the second TNT show at some point, so I think like 
I think because AEW Dark, because they're doing a really great thing, which is having a lot of independent wrestlers on AEW Dark, mm. it goes forever and there's about 50 matches on yeah. it. So, really, this is just another AEW Dark, which is fine. Um, but, you know, obviously, I would assume that at some point, uh, whatever they're going to call, you know, AEW Storm or whatever their version of Thunder is, given they've got Dynamite, um, you know, I imagine that will. I always thought Dynamite was TNT Dynamite. I always thought it's it was surely a ref- it's a takeoff yeah. on Nitro. I always thought it was a reference to the ACDC song. <laughs> the young bucks seem know. like the kind of guys who do. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, Vince McMahon <laughs> seems the kind of guy who would be like. He does like, like ACDC. He loves Akadaka. Loves them. Of course he fucking does. <laughs> um, of course he does. Uh, there's a few other quick sort of little bits and pieces I thought we could um, go through before we get into this week's Dynamite. Um, go on. Uh, well, just quickly, like, uh, I see you the screenshot of it, of, like, uh, Danhausen's uh, merchandise being copyrighted to AEW. We still have... There's, been, wasn't that there's a- been no follow-up to that, but... Wasn't it just a glitch? I don't. I don't think so. I don't. I don't, <laughs> I, don't I don't know what's going on there. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it was, you don't w- want it to be. I don't want it to be. Absolutely not. The guy just signed to. Uh, just signed to Ring of yeah, Honor. Yeah, but maybe Tony bought Ring of Honor, and we don't know about it yet. I mean, he's the <laughs> he's the magic door. What's what's he called? What's the the forbidden, the forbidden door? door. <laughs> <laughs> I like Magic Door better. Forbidden Door sounds weird. Anyway, um, uh, and I just quickly, Impact was a good episode this week. I'm not sure. I know you were busy work-wise, so I assume you probably haven't had a chance to watch it. But uh, I actually did. Ah, I thought it was a good episode. Yeah, it was really good. Uh, I'm really into uh, the uh, TNA belt being, so for anyone who didn't watch it, uh, Moose has been walking around with the TNA World Heavyweight Championship belt for like a year. Um, and Scott Damore, or Scott Amore, as I'm going to call him from now on, uh, reinstated the belt. So there's essentially two heavyweight belts uh, in impact at the moment. But what that does mean, was pointed out to me during the week, is that that means that the TNA belt can be taken away from impact Sorry, the Impact belt can be taken away from Impact and there's still a World Heavyweight Championship for the Impact guys to go after. Mm. Meaning that Kenny Omega will come and take that belt off Rich Swan. Yes, I think that's surely where they're going with that one. Yeah, so that's exciting. I mean, I I can't, yeah. I want to see a bit more. We've got uh, Finn Juice from New Japan on Impact now um, mm. which is which is cool but didn't see more of them this week so i don't want to be like a selfish kind of millennial <laughs> where i'm like well i want more you know what i mean but i do kind of want to see more of wrestlers transferring from one show like it, it's just so exciting that each week when it doesn't happen i'm like oh you know <laughs> i really wanted to see like they showed finches at the beginning and all that kind of stuff but you know i want to anyway um <laughs> But that was pretty much it for Impact. Was there anything else that you wanted to bring up about? No, not on Impact, no. no. 
All right, let's get into this episode of Dynamite. Uh, that's what they should call the second show, Impact. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we're so cruel towards Impact. All right, we cut straight to the action with Mox walking down to the ring. Uh, we have a brief video promo with Nick Namath uh, saying his casting call uh, is for a part called The Winner, and he's going to land it. Uh, and then he loses to John in two minutes. <laughs> John then takes a cool seat. Uh, and when I say cool seat, I mean like Fonz. He like turns the chair around, sits down on it like a cool teacher that wants to rap with you about drugs. Uh, and uh, he talks about being an addict of wrestling and that he doesn't care if the barbed wire death match is a trap. He's going anyway. Uh, John says that he couldn't think of a better way to go out than this kind of match. Uh, JR then can't remember who the champ is. He calls Moxley the champ. Matt, do you think Kenny Omega or John Moxley can ever live up to the greatness of the current WWE champion? Uh, who's the current WWE champion? Oh, that would be The Miz. Uh... <laughs> I had I to, like I had Miz, to get it in somehow. I'm still angry about it. It's a week later. I'm pro. <laughs> I still can't fully. Can, I, can we just quickly... To, I just want to quickly state my point here. If Miz, if there hadn't been the bullshit handing over of the case from Otis to Miz, then this may have been a little bit better. But it's just it's just such a bullshit telegraphed Vince thing of like he gave the case to Otis and then had second thoughts because he was like, oh, actually, that guy's a fat guy. I don't want him to be a champion. Fuck that shit. And then just gives it to the Miz because he's a set of safe hands. I but- think the Miz actually won it. Demo. I don't think it was handed by Vince. It was won in in competition. It wasn't won. Otis won Money in the Bank. Yeah, but then the, Otis put it up as a you know because they kept stealing a, it. It just he- <laughs> and then the Miz won. Okay, kayfabe. The Miz is we- a legitimate champion. Um, the Miz, if like so, your favorite wrestler of all times, so- Bret Hart, right? <laughs> the Miz is terrible. I don't the understand Miz how all of our is not all of my appreciably wrestling... worse in in the Miz don't is not appreciably dare. worse don't in the ring than Bret Hart. Fuck. Bret Hart's obviously better, <laughs> but like it's not like you're watching a Miz match and you're like, oh, oh this is the great Carly, oh and he's so much God. better as an entertainer and on the mic. He is not. He, he is, is not than Bret Hart. A hundred percent better than uh, Bret Hart's 100% just like worse than Bret Hart. Bret Hart was amazing. You're, no, you're running this Brett into the ground as far as uh, a promo is concerned is ridiculous. If no, he wasn't, this is if he wasn't a great promo, then go back and watch the heat. That how did how did he get the heat that he did in that uh, in it's that feud heat. with Shawn Michaels leading up to the Montreal Screwjob? It, it, like X Pack heat, X Pack heat. Anyway, uh, I, it was a I can't. There's a reason why Vince believe. was happy for Brett to go. I can't. And there's a reason why Brett never made it you in WCW. And other friends of mine who are wrestling buddies think that this is good booking for the Miz to be champion. The Miz. I think, it is. I think if if when Bobby, the Miz when faces Bobby, Bobby Lashley, Lashley and Drew yeah, McIntyre and I think if, exists on that show, and then they've given the fucking belt 
to the yeah. Miz. Well, I think first of all, the Miz is a genuine crossover star. Second, oh my god, uh, how? What do you second, mean? Through what? Miz and Misses. It's a legitimate thing. It's not the Kardashians, but it's a legitimate thing. Oh my thing. god, that's a WWE then, show as well. You only think that's a big show because WWE keeps saying it's a big show. Who's that's not watching true. I don't it? Watch I don't watch WWE. Oh it gets god. good ratings. Anyway, Where? the on the whatever the fuck network it's on, E or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Yes, they are. They are. Anyway, Miz will lose. Miz will beat Bobby Lashley by shenanigans, and then there'll be a triple threat for the title. It should never happen. Bobby Lashley will pin the Miz, become champion, and then Drew will have to, you know, work his way back up to getting to Lashley. Good storytelling. It really Great way isn't. to do it. It really is not. He should not be involved <laughs> in this story at all. It should just He's be- He's a great talker. Bobby Lashley He's a great ha- talker. Bobby Lashley has killed everyone in wrestling for a year and a half, and now he's going after Drew McIntyre. It's fucking Rocky Three. That's it. No. You book it like no. Rocky Three. Who's no, the Miz? No, because you want Drew, you want Drew coming, coming after- into this story? It makes no, 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 no sense whatsoever. You want Drew coming after Bobby, not Bobby coming after Drew. You yeah, know, babyface what... champions suck, man. Yeah, like you... but then Drew comes back and you have a second, like what's happening with John Moxley and Kenny Omega right now. Put it this way. Imagine if AEW booked this story. Imagine. Imagine everyone jumping on and piling on going, like, I'm trying imagine to Imagine think... if they had a star as good as the Miz. The AEW don't even have a Miz. You know what I mean? I'm trying to think of- Well, they do. Compar- they have a worse Miz. It's MJF. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> You're a fucking idiot. This podcast is over. We are not doing this. Can we talk about AEW <laughs> yeah, now? Yeah, let's do- well, we were. You just slagged off MJF, the greatest wrestler of all time. Um, yeah, what did you think of all of this, though? It sounds like John uh, is definitely talking like as if he is not going to be around for a while after this pay-per-view, after Revolution. Yeah. Well, like I, I can't wait. Like it, I can't believe they're having an exploding barbed wire death match in uh, AEW in 2021. It's going to be great fun. Yeah. Um, it's going to be ridiculous. Uh, John Moxley's promo was absolutely fucking sick. Um, weirdly, beating Ryan Nemeth because he looks so much like his brother is actually like sort of a meaningful thing. Because if you were a casual fan and you tuned in, you'd be like. Oh, weird. Dolph Ziggler's here. Didn't realise he'd come over. (laughs) Do you think they're doing that purposely? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I reckon. Absolutely. (laughs) It feels like it. (laughs) Um, Uh, He's also, like, hateable. The same as his brother. Yeah, he is a bit hateable. (laughs) They've just got that real, like, uh, let's race to the bottom of the hill, Darsh, kind of thing, if you guys remember that, uh, the Ski Lodge episode of South Park. Um, Mm. I just noticed again, and I don't want to bang out about these guys too much, but like, it was nice to see um, Excalibur stick up for wrestling that isn't WWE uh, with Tony and, and JR this week, where they both started going on about like, have you noticed since they have announced this match that neither of them can say it without making some little smart ass comment about yes. it like oh what 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 is it what even is a you know landmine death barbed wire death match blah blah blah, blah. um mm. and excalibur sticking up to them this week and saying you know if you haven't seen it uh you're you're in some <laughs> for some extreme violence and it's a match from japan so he just got that little mm. like 
It's a Japanese match. Basically saying, like, you fucking two racist old fucks haven't watched anything from Japan, you pieces of shit. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, we cut to backstage where Lance Archer and Ray Phoenix are told that they are going head-to-head for a spot in the uh, face of the ladder match. What Can you explain to me the name of that? I don't understand. Face of the Revolution. Huh. I, I, it's, I think it's just, you know, it's a ladder match. It's right, a, okay. you know, show opener kind of thing. Okay. Uh, at Revolution, they both throw some barbs at each other and then uh, start beating each other up. Cool. This is leading to their uh, main event match later in the show. Uh, the greatest tag team of all time, the Varsity Blondes, take on Ricky Starks and Brian Cage. Uh, I'm obviously being a bit tongue-in-cheek there, but their ring gear might be the greatest ring gear I've ever seen. Uh, they're but- also um, pretty over. Yeah, man, they're awesome. I, I-, I really like them a lot. Uh, Brian Cage hits a discus lariat and inverted powerbomb uh, for the win over the Varsity Blondes. Um, we then get like a Tarantino vignette about Sting finding Darby in a body bag and bringing him home. Uh, we cut back to the ring and Sting appears. Uh, he points to the rafters and it's Darby. Darby fucking zip lines to the ring. But Sting has hook. Uh, Taz's son, who looks every time Hook appears on AEW oh, TV, right. yeah. looks like he's uh, come to work with his dad and been like, he's like, oh, every single time. No one looks more unhappy than Hook. He is a teenager. Like That's just how teenagers are. He'll get over that's it. That's true. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Matt, what, why, uh, what was the, uh, the best thing about this little promo and why was it the zipline? Uh, this was, this was what we were talking about earlier about AEW using legends to get people over. Right now they're using Sting, who is their biggest name, to get over, uh, Darby Allen, who just did the most incredible Sting entrance since, like, Sting did it in 1997. Mm. Like, it was, that was amazing. Um, and then... Like, also, Sting's getting over Team Taz at the same time. It's like Sting is, like, you know, everyone spent the whole week last week being like, fuck, man, Sting took a really bad power. Like, you know, that looked really like, is Sting okay? Yeah. And it's like Sting was totally fine. He's a professional wrestler who's been cleared medically, obviously, and can take bumps from another professional wrestler. But the fact that people were actually like, oh, shit, is Sting okay? Like, this is... Like, that made Brian Cage look like an actual murderer. Yeah. Like, and now Darby looks like the coolest guy. Like, Darby went from being this dork who's like, hey, my name's Darby Allen and this is Tony Hawk and Steve-O and um, we're going to smear ourselves with our own shit to, like, being, like, I'm a 23-year-old boy who's obsessed with culture from 2001 for some reason. (laughs) Have you guys seen CKY? It's, like, so much better than Jackass. Um, <laughs> anyway, he's 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 doing he's doing um, Bam's magical wedding or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah Bam would be his favourite. I th- well, I think uh, I don't. Uh, the only reason I have Bam in my mind is because I saw a a news article about Bam and things have. Uh, poor Bam, life oh, has not really been sad, kind man. to Bam. I was following um, him on Instagram for a while and it just, it, it got to the point where it's like, I can't watch this. This is like yeah. you're watching in real time someone having a, a complete breakdown. And Hopefully so let's hope that doesn't happen to Darby. Needs. 
No, I don't think Darby doesn't drink or anything. He's all straight edge and stuff, right? I think. Oh, is he really? I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Well, that's good. Um, but it's like Darby's gone from being a character that we, I think you and I have had the exact same uh, trajectory on Darby, which is Darby's cool. Oh yeah, like this is exciting. Then oh my god, his personality is the worst <laughs> it's personality. The worst. It's that <laughs> and guy now it's like, like you go to university, he's the first guy you meet, and so you're kind of friends with them because you just want to hang out with someone. But then mm. like three years later you've got your own friendship group and he keeps coming up every now and then wanting to talk about fucking Bear McGarrow. <laughs> I would argue that it's you go to university and he's a guy that you get along with and he's like your friend's friend. That, like, is, like, oh, yeah, he doesn't go to university, but, like, he just, like, sits around smoking weed and, like, he's, like, got, he's got, like, all the jackass on tape, which he says are better. Yeah, um, yeah but you go, like, he he's the guy that every, like, you go back to his house after a night <laughs> out because, uh, you know, like, for some reason he has his own place. And, just and you're has like copious yeah. amounts of marijuana, <laughs> and you just away. want you, you desperately want to go to bed. But he's like, "Hey, man, just like before you go to bed, check out like I'm, myself and my buddy made this video of me getting kicked in the balls in different <laughs> ways." And you're like, "Oh, I'm really tired." He's like, "No, nah, come on, it's just take five seconds." And then it's like six a.m. and you're like, "Oh my god, I've watched two hours of him getting hit in the nuts, oh, and like man. I can't get away." This this story that we're creating is really real. <laughs> it's broadly based on real experiences <laughs> yeah absolutely the 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 someone although i feel like i was that person the, the person who was like hey dude just watch this film clip you know and then it's five hours later and i'm showing them fucking going through like uh with a whiteboard of why wings aren't that bad like, no you gotta understand <laughs> <laughs> Paul McCartney just, you know, he's a songwriter, so he wanted to write songs that. <laughs> uh, yeah, this was great. This, uh, this, um, I don't think they've really put a foot wrong with this um, storyline so far of uh, Team Taz versus Sting. No, like the, the the little video package of um, Sting and Darby breaking windows in a factory was a bit tacky, but yeah, other than that, it was it's that been was great. a little dungeon of doomish. This is the best use of Sting, like. I don't need a 20-minute sting clinic in the ring, but uh, I'm excited for the match. Um, I can't believe Darby came down in a zip line. It's like I, I can't say on a podcast that's only rated for explicit language how excited I was about that. So, uh, it was good to see Very that the- confronting. <clears throat> it was good to see that the harness looked- he was just a look, uh, you know, not to be a, a Debbie Downer about it or anything, but uh, it, it looked 7,000 million times safer than the stuff those guys were using in the late 90s. I also like that uh, he hit them with his skateboard before getting out of the harness, so it wasn't like the awkward sting thing where he, like, zip lines down is there in his harness, then gets out of the harness while the yeah. person has to just stand there pretending to be shocked. Yeah, while Scott Hall and Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan all just stand there for yeah. no reason, <laughs> just waiting for him to unhook himself. Like, I reckon mug him while he's in the harness. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are meant to be the baddest guys on the planet, but you still there's still some things that you don't do. <laughs> hey, you never hit a man while he's trying to unhook himself. Uh, <laughs> Miro. Uh, next up, we've got Miro Kip and Penelope are being interviewed by Skiavone. 
Uh, Miro says that he's going to kill uh, Orange Cassidy, but he likes Chucky and he wants him back <laughs> to work for him as a butler. Him calling uh, him Charles is delightful. Charles, yeah. Uh, Tony's given a note by a lackey from Orange Cassidy and Chucky asking Miro and Kip to wrestle them at Revolution. (laughs) Uh, And then there's uh, three boxes, yes, no, maybe, kiss hug, kiss hug from Chucky and Orange Cassidy. (laughs) Uh, Miro gets really upset, eats the note, spits it at Tony. Uh, How are we feeling about this angle? I think it's pretty good for some reason. I don't know. Like, it wasn't good, and then the wedding happened, and it's been, like, pretty enjoyable since then. Like, yeah, Miro hating Orange Cassidy but actually quite liking Chuck Taylor (laughs) is, like, a real... It's just quite funny. Like, I I, I really enjoy it when a wrestling heel likes someone. Hmm. I don't know why. It's just... it's It's a thing I like. It's like you and tag teams matching... (laughs) <laughs> well, that's they're a fucking team, man. They should be wearing a uniform. Uh, it's just the way. It's <laughs> the way it works. Um, yeah, I'm kind of the same. I'm kind of more into this than I was before the wedding. Um, and I can't. I think it's because uh, Chucky and Orange Cassidy are now being themselves. Mm. You know, like it felt like they were kind of. I felt like Orange Cassidy was kind of being pushed into being. Um, you know, this kind of white meat baby face and he's not that. I mean, he can, like, he can be in the sense of, like, how popular he is, but mm. his character is not that. You don't want Orange Cassidy to become John Cena. You know? No. So him being, him and Chucky being smart asses, and that, that's what the best friends in Orange Cassidy do really well. Like, they're, they're lovable scamps. They're rapscallions. Like, they're, you know... So now that they've started doing that again, I'm I'm way more into this. And it also means that Miro can be the sort of angry straight man. You know, there's constantly like, ah, you kids. Yeah, absolutely. When they do that, it works really well. Um, it, it's still a little, ju- like, I mean, I suppose I just have to get used to it, but <clears throat> Miro and, and Kip and Penelope as a group don't, still don't make sense to me when I look at them. No. Sitting together, but anyway. Um <clears throat> uh next up, uh Jake Hager gets a win with a clothesline over Brandon Cutler. Uh for I, while I was watching this match, I was writing notes about nepotism and the problem with nepotism in AEW. Mm. And then Jake Hager destroyed Brandon Cutler and I was like fine, you get away with it this time, young bucks. Um, the inner circle come down and start beating down on Cutler. Then the young bucks arrive for the save. Matt Buck calls uh, Jericho and MJF out. MJF and Jericho appear on the Titantron and they've got Papa, uh, Papa, what do they call him? Papa, Papa, Papa. <laughs> Father Buck. the American Pierre Papa Buck. Buck. Papa Buck. Uh, and uh, they've beaten him up pretty badly. He's got blood all over his face. Uh, they then throw Papa Buck into the back of the truck with Matt and Nick's posters on the back, which I thought was kind of a cool <laughs> thing. Uh, Chris and then MJF uh, run off after they cut a promo to the camera, basically like, oh, look, your dad's all beaten up. Who did that? Oh, it was us. Bye. <laughs> uh, and then uh, 
Uh, Matt chases after the car while Nick tends to their dad. Uh, we come back from an ad break and Papa Buck is being taken to hospital. The good brothers get in the ambulance with Matt and Nick's dad. Who's that? <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> uh, and and Nick gets in there as well, but Matt doesn't. Matt stays at the arena for some reason. Mm. Um, what did you What did you think of all of this? Um. Oh yeah, like look, the blood was really fake. Like it was, there was some real sort of jammy face blood where there was nowhere for the blood to be coming from. Like that was a bit silly, um, but you know, whatever, it's fine. Yeah, it was enjoyable. Yeah, MJF and Jericho. Jericho looks like he's um, uh, getting into some Jericho shape, if that makes sense. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's well. He always he looks a bit more cut, and he's like lost a bit of weight. And he always looks a bit stomach flatter when he's walking around with the jacket and stuff. And then as soon as he starts to huff and puff in the ring, the gut really pops. I've noticed this is this has been a, like it's, uh, I've been on gut watch for a while. <laughs> yeah, I do know. I know exactly what you're talking about. Like as soon as the jacket comes off, it's like oh hey, Jesus Christ. <laughs> It's a little bit like Ric Flair with the robe at the moment with our WCW show. Is it like he comes out in the robe and you're like, oh, he doesn't look too bad. And then he takes it off and it's like, whoa, <laughs> you're a middle-aged man. <laughs> um, next up, we get the Shaq promo. Uh, after that, we get... Uh, no, did you want to talk about the Shaq promo? Nope. Not? I've literally written Shaq promo. It was fine. It. I'm, I don't care. <laughs> really don't care. Uh... Next up, TH2 come out with uh, Isaiah and Big Money Matt. Uh, Hangman Page gets the win in this match with a buckshot lariat. Uh, the Dark Order, Silver and... Um, I always forget the other guy's name. Reynolds. Reynolds. Uh, come out and help her out, uh, Hangman Page, in this match. Um, uh, Matt appears and says that he's going to go through the Dark Order... One by one, um, and uh, comes out with one of the Dark Order, um, throws him to the ground. Um, what do you, you? I assume you're into this as we've got. I think it's going to be a massive, Hang- wonderful moment when Hangman finally embraces the Dark Order. I can't believe you're still what? against this. It's great. It's great storytelling. Why is it great storytelling? Because Hangman's like. You know, I need to be alone. You know, like you know, I've I've been you know screwed over by my previous friends. Like I need to work things out on my own. And then uh, the the world keeps throwing teams at him. He keeps getting ganged up, and he's uh, you know he rejected. This is the part of the hero's journey where he's re- rejected the call to adventure, and he's about mm-hmm. to accept that call with John Silver and Alex Reynolds. These guys are in the biggest face faction in AEW, which is not saying much because there are no face factions other than the Dark Order in AEW. They're great They're great watching. They're excellent little friends for Hangman to have. And until, you know, in a year or longer, he's going to be the guy that takes the title off Kenny Omega. But we don't want to start there. Like we and we don't want him in a program with uh, I don't know MJF right now. Like, let's have everyone having their own stories and let Hangman just be 
one of the most entertaining things on the show. And then when he needs to get serious, he gets serious. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I just don't like him. I, like, I just want him to be this lone, you know, gunman cowboy just single-handedly takes out people over the next year, you know? Yeah, but there's not that many people that matter to take out, right? Like, there's not, like, giving him, you know, a few months of a a sort of, you know, fun storyline. Like, Stone Cold Steve Austin had fun storylines. The Rock had plenty of fun storylines. John Cena almost exclusively had, like, fun storylines. Like... Giving him a few months of letting him, you know, be something else and not be in the title picture. Because as soon as he becomes the badass cowboy, all anyone's going to want to see is Omega Page. And they're just going to have to pull the trigger on it. But you want to see Omega as this champion. Like, you want to build Omega as this unbeatable, painful champion. So then when Page does finally get there and he, you know, has to go through a million people to get there, it means so much more. Mm, yeah, but why the Dark Order have to be involved? Because they're fun. Like, you know, like, it's just, it's an enjoyable, you're like, oh, you know, isn't it like, you know, John John Silver's really legitimately not wrestling funny, but actually funny. And like, it adds a dimension to Hangman's story. They're also, mm. you know, I think they've got a lot of goodwill, a lot of goodwill since Brody died. Like... And, you know, John Silver is routinely one of the most enjoyable things on the show. So, I don't know. I think it's, I don't think it diminishes Hangman at all. And I think, you know, when he, when the time's right, he's going to become that killer. Yeah, I just want to see alone. I want him to be more Clint Eastwood rather than, you know. Yeah, but he can't be that all the time. I want him to be. You can't, you, you, because he's got the ability to he do other things. He hasn't been that at all so far. Yeah, exactly. So when he starts doing that and he starts picking off the elite, it's going to be great. Yeah, man. But like Dirty oh, Harry doesn't just, just beating down the young bucks. Dirty Harry was there's there's five of them, and they each go for about two hours. Like we would get to Dirty Harry five in like you know two months if Hangman was doing that. Like. You want a bit more, like, that character can't last forever. Yeah, but they're like, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, I think uh, me personally, I want him as far away from the Dark Order as possible. I'm still, I'm, I just, I don't know. I just can't get into it. I feel like it's, um, I don't know. I just want to see him start. I don't know, like him doing a pro, like a thing with Matt Hardy and all of it. It, it just, I don't know. This is like lower mid card, and I just don't, I don't think Hangman Page should be there. I, I'm not saying it's bad work. I'm not saying anyone's doing bad work. It just like each time I'm like, all right, I think we can probably elevate Hangman Page a little bit, find him someone else to. You know, after Revolution, I want to see him feud with someone who's a little bit more uh, towards the top of the card than Matt Hardy. I'm sure the the feud with Matt Hardy will be over, but like, it's not like it's like, oh, he needs to be like working with John Moxley for the next six months, or he needs to be working with Sting, or needs to be working with whoever. Like, the top of the card's the top of the card. 
you can't have everyone there at all times. Yeah, but I'm saying like further up the pecking order than than Matt this, Hardy's still a big you know. name, and he's having great. He's out there having great matches with like you know Isaiah Cassidy and stuff. It's not a. I don't. I don't think it's a. You know, a small deal. Like particularly while everyone's busy. Like you know, he can't go and face Chris Jericho. Like he, you know, Jericho's busy. Jericho's going to be busy for the next six months with MJF in some form or another. You know, he doesn't have a tag team anymore and a lot of their biggest names are tag teams. Moxley's going to, you know, face Omega and then go off and be a dad for a while. Um, You know, Sting is obviously busy with Darby. Like, you know, could Hangman go into a feud with Darby? Yeah, but do we want Hangman feuding for the TNT title? No. Um, You know, then... Mm, Maybe. I think I'd probably be more into that than... What's happening? Yeah. I don't want to see Darby lose the TNT title and I don't want to see Hangman fail to win the TNT title. Um, the And they're both faces, which is problematic. Um, no, you get Darby to lose the title. I'm not particularly interested yet in know. Cody versus Hangman Page, though I'm sure they could build that up. Like, there's a few interesting people that, you know, that he could feud with after this, like, you know, Eddie Kingston or Pac or whatever. Oh, Eddie Kingston would be amazing. But, like, we'll get there. Imagine that. Like, we'll get there. We don't need it to start right away. But he is going to need, if he's going to feud with Eddie Kingston and his, like, Manson family, then he's going to need a couple of little buddies that people like. Hmm. Does he? I don't think he does. I think it's it's a better story when it's one face versus a whole bunch of heels. Fair enough. Well, we disagree. Shall we move on to the next thing? Yeah, this week Alex Marvez has found Kenny at an undisclosed workshop <laughs> where Kenny is making the ring for the death match at Revolution. This is absurd. I love it so much. <laughs> it's the best. It's the best. I mean, I loved this week's Dynamite. I really enjoy it. As much as I was just like, oh, Dark Order. Uh, you know, I like, you know, I still, I still enjoy it more than most other wrestling promotions. Mm. Um, and then the the <laughs> Alex Marvez, legitimately, I know I say this about Don Callis and, and Scott Demore and stuff as well, but outside of wrestlers, Alex Marvez is so much fun to watch he's at great. the moment. Like they're just, he's being utilized perfectly. This, you know, I mean, he's obviously like a bit of a shy, awkward guy and they are just using that to his full extent. And the running joke of him just walking into screen. <laughs> Knowing exactly where Kenny Omega is at all times. It's just wonderful. <laughs> I hope they keep building this up, man. I hope it keeps becoming more and more ridiculous each week. <laughs> of, like where Alex finds Kenny. Uh, Kenny and Don are great. Mm. I never want, like, I, I, I don't think it. I don't think I could watch Kenny Omega again without Don Callis being his manager. You know, like if if somehow if somehow Kenny got. You know, I mean, I suppose if he turns face, then you know all mm. this falls apart. But Don Callis is a legitimate heel manager that should be managing heels in AEW and Impact. Yes, yeah, he's great. Time. He's so good at it. Like he he is a breakout star of the last six months. I, I love him. I love these promos, and I heard some backlash about like. Uh, um, these being, you know, this whole conversation about like, is there too much comedy in wrestling at the moment? Um, besides the fact that like, there's always been comedy in wrestling. 
The answer is no. No, I think, you know, you get like, people like Hangman Page and the Dark Order and, you know, yet great comedy. I'm, I am I agree with you. I'm totally pro it. I don't... I don't yeah, that's a different story. <laughs> um, but, I mean, like, the, but that's me personally. Like, I just want to see... I think Hangman's Page character <laughs> is the lone, you know, like, he has a T-shirt that says Anxious Millennial Cowboy. Like, he's a cowboy. <laughs> the cowboy should be working on his own. Cowboys, you know, I don't think, do work anyway. on their own. I, 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 like, you know, let's let's do Tombstone. Tomb, Tombstone had a... No, no, let's not do Tombstone. Let's do good, the good, the no. bad, and the ugly. Tombstone's better than that. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> the bit where Doc Holliday... No, uh, Tombstone's is it Doc right. Holliday? No, the, the one where they think he's been dead and he, like, yeah. stands up and he's like... Doc no, I think it's, it's the other one. Um, uh... Kurt Russell. Yeah. When he's like, you know, I, I'm not as sick as you thought, and then shoots him. Like, that's sick. Yeah, oh, that's, that's, that's great. Like, that's that's cool. Yeah, Doc that. Holiday. Let's, let's have some more of that. I'm going to watch Tombstone today. Also played by Keith Sutherland in Young oh, Guns. There you go. One of the, one of the greatest movies yeah, of our time. But... I love Young Guns so much. Um, I, I just love these segments. Mm. And I like my point is I don't the same way that you were talking about Hangman Page and the Dark Order. I, it doesn't detract from this overall story. I think what people are, there's been some some feedback of like, hey, this is a serious feud. This is the AEW champion versus John Moxley, and you know each week when we see Kenny Omega, he's in these like funny sketches with Alex Marvez. It's detracting from the seriousness of mm. the of the um of the storyline. I can, I'm realizing that I'm completely unraveling my <laughs> argument with Kenny, with Hangman Page as I say this. Um, I really don't think it does at all because we're still getting like bits and pieces where Kenny Omega comes out and gets the good brothers to hold down John Moxley while he mm. kicks him in the head and V triggers him. And so, you know, the fact that he's building this ring is fucking. It's wonderful. The best. I'm totally on board. <clears throat> Um, I'm really interested to see what you think of the next uh, part of the show. Nyla Rose gets a win over Britt Baker in the semi-final on the American side of the draw for the women's number one contender match. Can you explain to me why this isn't um, bad booking? Look, I sort of thought this would be the time uh, to pull the trigger on Britt Baker. Um, you know, I think it's more interesting. Like she still's, still has, you know, she, I think the the win, Nyla Rose will now go on to face either Thunder Rosa or Riho, and I would have liked to see Britt Baker uh, face either of them more than I would like to see uh, Nyla Rose do it. Um, yeah, I'm I'm hmm. surprised that they like. I figured that this would probably be how Britt Baker becomes champion, but maybe they decided, you know, winning a tournament is is a face thing, and um, you know. I, I don't know. I, yes, I don't. I can't. Is the answer? I, yeah, yeah. I was really surprised that Nyla mm. Rose won this match. It's not anything against Nyla Rose. I think I quite like Nyla Rose. Uh, you know, she's obviously like the big monster mm. of the women's division. But all the storylines in this tournament have been centered around Britt Baker, Riho, and yeah. Thunder Rosa. Really. And now all of a sudden Nyla Rose seems to have been thrust into that, you know, like, as you say, like Thunder Rosa, uh, 
Nyla Rose will take on either Riho or hmm. Thunder Rosa, which makes me now think that Riho will beat Thunder Rosa um, because Britt Baker and, and Thunder Rosa are going to feud. So it makes more sense to have those, like to have Thunder Rosa drop mm. out of that tournament. Maybe have Riho go over Thunder, uh, go over Nyla Rose because they have history from last year. Yeah, when, that's true. Um, I mean, I would. So maybe they'll. they'll I mean, play I'm now that, hoping that Thunder then, Rose is the winner, is you know, the overall winner of the whole thing. That's my hope. Whether that happens, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. And then, like, there's been so little coverage of the Japanese side of the draw. I mean, I don't even know. Like, I just don't know anything about it because it hasn't been on Dynamite and I haven't followed it up. And so I, I appreciate the fact that, like, I don't know. I Like, I just think this was an opportunity to maybe have two women's matches a week on Dynamite reading, leading into Revolution. And they haven't done that. It's still just the one woman, women's as women's the always the second episode. last match. Uh, quite often the second <clears throat> last match. You know, it's yeah. It was. It's been a bit disappointing. Yeah, and 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 the matches have been good. That, that's the other mm. frustrating thing is that like it's a good quality of wrestling. And I just I don't know. It feels like the one area of AEW where things are sort of um, not thought out and then when they do appear to be thought out like things change quickly and um you know like and again i know we spoke about this last week but i mean the fact that reho thunder rosa was not yeah, on that's Dynamite insane it is a huge it just makes no sense just push it back to next week that that that's a yeah. headlining match as far as i'm concerned they could have like, not had jake hager um, and, and brandon think- cutler and had this instead a hundred percent, a hundred percent, man. Like, and I know that they'll be like, "Oh, we're trying to build up storylines to Revolution, um, and all that kind of thing." But like, I don't know. It just makes no sense to me. There, there are stories to be told in that in in that tournament, mm. in this tournament, um, and and you know things that I'm interested in. But also, like, uh, people don't have thirty hours a week to watch yeah. wrestling. That's the other thing that kind of annoys me about this stuff of like, well, it's on Sunday night on Bleacher Report. Like, yeah, dude, maybe I just want to watch something mm. that's not wrestling. Like, you know, and, and it makes no sense to like not have the best possible show you can have yeah. on each Dynamite. You've got this like women's show. Like, it's not just that it's a women's match. It's like this, it's a mm. great wrestling match. So why not put it on Dynamite? It, it it makes no sense to me whatsoever. And again, it's kind of like with the women's division, it's all kind of like a lot of talk and not much follow through where it's like, hey, we're having this huge international uh, women's tournament. You and I were both really like, mm. pleased about that and excited to see it. And I think we've seen, what, three matches? Yeah, I think Dynamite that's right. From the whole from the whole thing and then it's like oh well you can watch it all on youtube and it's like yeah i can i can but you're missing the point like the point is that there needs to be more representation of women on on wrestling shows you guys have the ability to do that you have a fairly good women's division especially with the caliber of women in this tournament and then it's all just been relegated to to youtube and even if that's not the conscious thought process you guys have to understand how that looks from 
yeah. the outside in, especially when for the last year and a half, two years, people have been really um, critical of the way that you've put, booked your, your women's division. And there have been excuses, there have been excuses and reasons for that in the past. Like, you know, it hasn't been a debt-full division and blah, 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 blah. But again, that's your fault. Let's say AEW's fault for not signing more women. So, I don't know, I just found this, uh, besides the booking being a little like, oh, that's weird that Nyla Rose beat Britt Baker, it just sort of brought all of these thoughts of like, oh, God, the booking in the women's division is so mm. frustrating at the moment. But um, still enjoyable, still great match, still, you know, like really enjoyed Dynamite. I just think it's, you know, I, I saw Tony Khan talking on Twitter about it. It's like... I want to get as many eyes on this match as possible and we, we can do that by putting it on a Bleacher Report because then people don't have to pay for it and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I don't know, that just sounds like a pitch to me, man. That just sounds like... It, it sounds like salesmanship. Yep, I me. agree. Uh, we... <clears throat> Sorry, losing my voice. Uh, we are at your main event, ladies and gentlemen, Lance Archer versus Ray Phoenix. Um... <clears throat> Sorry, dude. Um, I noticed both guys came out of the face tunnel oh. for this. So Lance Archer, yeah, is I think he officially face. is. There you go. Uh, we've got a dumb line from Hell. Uh, <laughs> uh, Ray Phoenix is a veteran. Apparently, he's been doing this a long time now. Oh, maybe he is. We've spoken about this. We've spoken about this before, but why JR and Tony have all of a sudden taken to just calling anyone who isn't 19 <laughs> years old a veteran? I don't know. It's jarring. It takes you out of, like, to me, a veteran is, uh, you know, Arn Anderson. Mm. Not, you know what I mean? Like, that's a veteran wrestler. Um, or, 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 you know, I don't know. Help me out here, Matt. Sting. Who's someone who's... Sting, God, Sting, um, not Ray Phoenix, who's like twenty-seven years old. Anyway, uh, Lance Archer gets the win. Um, I, what do you what do you think about this? Is um, interesting look, booking like, as well. Yes, I would rather see Ray Phoenix in a um, ladder match than Lance Archer, but I don't mind having a big giant guy who can work in a ladder match. Um, you know, Ray Fenix is a massive star. Um, he will be a massive star. Um, you know, I thought it was fine. Like, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about it, but I enjoyed the match. And, you know, I'd like, you know, hmm. if Ray's in there with Pentagon, then they have to do the sort of story of, you know, them working together and all that kind of stuff and the like and I just I do find yeah. that a little bit boring. Yeah. Um yeah, it's the old thing of like people don't want to see brothers fight hmm. or whatever in wrestling when that, you know. Um Yeah, I just really love Ray Phoenix. I just want um Yeah, I mean they are doing I mean he was in the the like he was in the main event of this dynamite, so I can't be like <laughs> do something with him. But like, um, you know, I just he's just his in ring work is just so far and away better than anyone else in any promotion on earth at the moment. I like I just can't. He just does, 
I mean, it's a cliche. It, like, it's mm. become a cliche with Ray Phoenix, but he just does things that no one else it's- can do. You know, it, it's phenomenal. It reminds me of seeing Ray Mysterio. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Just like, oh, holy shit! Like, no, 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 no. no sorry, but fine. I just, I agree with you. Yeah, that thing of like you're tuning in to see what he's going to do. I mean, like running across the rope to to mm. drop kick <laughs> Lance Hutcher in the head. Uh, every week there's something new where it's like, how the fuck does he do that? Mm. How do you do that? I was like, he's a human being, right? He's not like part cat or something. Like, what is? I don't. <laughs> I don't understand how a human being does that. He'll go flying through the rings for a suicide dive and then land on his ass on the balustrading for the <laughs> for the fans, you know? Like, it's just... Even when he makes mistakes or what appears to be mistakes, he, he'll make it look like he meant to do that. Yeah, he's phenomenal. Anyway, I just love watching him. Um but I think, yeah, you're right. I think I agree with you as far as the booking is concerned. It probably makes more sense for Lance Archer to be in that uh, ladder match. It pro- it kind of suggests to me that he he might be the favourite mm. to win, I think, with the amount of sort of... It feels like he's getting a, a pretty yeah, big push I think at so. the moment. And I mean, yeah. then, you know, there's a built-in storyline. Um, given Cody's in the match, uh, Cody beat uh, Lance Archer mm. for the first TNT title. Uh, that title. If you win rev- the face of the revolution, whatever it's called, um, you get a shot at the TNT title. I think Derby uh, Lance Archer is probably a pretty good match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Derby's had that belt for a while, and and probably doesn't. Well, he hasn't defended it. it very often. You know, like to. No, that's true. So, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. But, uh, yeah, good episode of Dynamite. We're at the end. But we're at the end, um, then. You know, I just want to throw out a shout-out to the, uh, well, I think about 700,000 people uh, 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 watch Dynamite on average, which is pretty close to the 600,000 who watch Miz and Misses on the USA Network. I did a little bit of research in the, the interim. So, that's a lot of people uh, watching Crossover Star, The Miz, um. <laughs> hey man, if you want to be a fucking mismark, go for it. Sure, you know what I mean, I am. You loser, <laughs> the fucking oh. worst wrestler of all time. If you want <laughs> the great Carly, uh, it, look, it's Alberto. You know what? You know what this booking is? It's Alberto Del Rio levels of fucking boredom and shit. Them. It, it's Jack Swagger levels of. Oh my god, not this guy again. For you. I mean, if you're going to put a belt on either of the people in that tag team, it should be fucking John Morrison, not Miz. Ah, John Morrison's Jesus not that Christ. good. Well, he can't Morrison talk, can Miz can wrestle. wrestle. Miz can wrestle better than Morrison can talk. All of his moves are oh. other people's moves. <laughs> He's so shit at wrestling, he just steals yeah, I'm glad that other John people's Moxley, moves. Uh, you and know, really, goes, uh, really you know, uh, created the DDT, um, you know, like, come on. But at least it, at least they come <laughs> oh, up with other that's names the for worst. It. I he hate just, naming he'll moves. He'll just legitimately... It's a, John Moxley has a double arm. He legitimately... No, no, that's all wrong. All moves should be named. They, should, they have proper names. 
What do you no, mean? That's because wrong. if you're that's like wrestling. watching football, you're not like, oh, he calls that drop punt the Sp- the Spiro Agnew. <laughs> like, <laughs> if it's if it's supposed to be the legitimate contest, it's not. <laughs> It's the Dusty Spear. It's the Dusty <laughs> you don't, Spear. Yeah, you don't watch. You don't watch UFC, and you're like, Lesnar calls that his super punch. No, um, I don't. and it shows that I don't watch UFC either because <laughs> I used an active wrestler who's no longer an active UFC fighter. Well, maybe ah, maybe they maybe, should. Maybe they shouldn't. Maybe, maybe they, they should shouldn't. get a bit of. Maybe get a little bit of pizzazz. Go watch in Bret Hart. And, you know. I will. You know I will <laughs> for hours on end. <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll wrap it up here from a super Ms. Mark, <laughs> Matty K. Fave, and from me, the Doctor. Uh, until next time, brother friends, Pepe is dead.